0: Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your host, Nate Puma, with the pride and joy of Merrimack and Hester, the Puma, and the Pro Football Radio senior contributor, Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burgess. So, Welcome into Podcast Radio. How are you?
1: Doing great. Got my whiskey going. Survived preseason. We got real, actual, like, games that matter next week. A bunch of fucking news we're going to talk about. Life is good, Burge. How goes
2: the battle on your end? It's great. Today was a was a great day. It was a a day that was more eventful than I thought going Mm -hmm. into it. You know, just happy that you know we have the 53 uh, man roster set and we're ready to get ready for week one. I'm I'm real excited for the season to start.
0: Yeah, 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 and to give you guys a quick rundown of the podcast this week, we're going to talk about Cutdown Day, which was today. All, all 32 teams have to be down 53-man roster by 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, the biggest name that got cut today was the uh, was Cam Newton from the New England Patriots, so we'll touch on that. What that means for the Patriots going forward, what that means for Cam Newton's career. Uh, we'll touch on the Deshaun Watson rumors. Um, a couple of different reports are out there indicating he might be traded, might not be traded. We'll see where things stand with that. And then we'll round out the uh, the podcast with a fantasy Bulls with Burge segment. Um, and we're gonna fire off a couple of questions, and Burge will give us his insight. But before all of that, Fuzz, just like you said, Puma, I am getting super stoked, man. Football season is right around the corner. I always get super anxious week three, week four, preseason, where it's like, all right, let's just get it to the regular season. Um, and it looks like we're uh, we're a few days away from the kickoff of the, of the football season. Uh, actually, college football already kicked off. We've got the Buckeyes playing on Thursday night, so we're right around the corner, man. It's great. Now, before
1: we get to football stuff, I, I I got a question for for you you two guys. You guys are savvy on social media. Can can somebody explain to me what this like trend is right now of like <laughs> multiple different colors for like sports logos and shit? What? Yeah, like I was on like the Mets page, uh the Mets Instagram page, Mm -hmm. and there was like what the hell is the goddamn caption? Hang on a sec. It's like it's Mr. Met with like, you know, in different colored like, you know, Mets jerseys and like one of them is like fuchsia, one of them's green, and one of them's purple, and it's like I'm a baseball boy or some shit. And I saw that on like the Blackhawks page right now too does anyone know what the hell like the point is with like th- players or mascots being in like Crayola colors of like different logos and shit like that.
0: Are you having a stroke bro? No, I'm looking at it right now.
1: <laughs> Send it to you guys in the DM. Look, look at it. Check out your DMS right now. <laughs> Maybe birds. You kind of sounds like, you know what I'm talking
2: did about? Some, like, uh, no, I mean, this? I, I, the, I was honestly looking for that and I didn't see it. Uh, did um,
0: someone asked for a certified lover boy.
2: Like that, and then I saw
1: one for the Blackhawks page, and it has so like I don't know.
0: hockey boy. Yeah, huh. are we officially at that age now where we don't get these kind of uh, viral trends, bro? Like,
2: I'm about to start yelling at a clown. Like, what the hell is this? We're getting old, we're getting old, man. That's that's what that says. I hold on, let me let me. Oh, it's it's Drake's album cover,
1: that's oh, what it is. Oh, god, here we go. Oh, Jesus Christ, you know, I, mean, hey, I gotta go downstairs, I gotta get my AARP card.
0: Not to go on a tangent I mean, here, but I absolutely hate when like teams do that. They like try to like uh, leech off a little bit of exposure off of like the the, the Kanye West Donda release or the Drake this Bro, you're you're like you're like the New York mess. Your brand is bigger than, than Drake's brand. Chill out with that. You're not leech off of that shit. Come on.
2: Dude, oh. I gotta be honest with you, Puma. I thought you were going at the root of the milk crate challenge when it came. To I this, thought so uh, too. I you thought you were going say up. that. That's too. why I started laughing.
0: <laughs> but you,
1: like, you know, at least like, no matter like as stupid as that is, like, at least like, it's okay, not stupid. Okay, it's, it's, it's great. A, it's a jacket. Well, it's Darwinism at its finest. It's it's cleaning the gene pool. Um, yeah. How people get up after looking at some of these hits, God fucking mm-hmm. knows. Because if I took that fall, I'm breaking my hip, breaking my neck. My my wife and stepson are collecting my life insurance policy. But, you guys saw the one like, I sent
2: you, right? With, uh, with Yeah. The Patriots? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Ugh.
0: Yeah, oh, my God. I, I think I was telling you guys uh, at my pops uh, – business to you know we get the milk deliveries and the dairy product delivery and they come in those crates and i've had like four or five people come up to me this week and be like hey can we buy those crates off of you and i'm like no i'm not giving those crates <laughs> <to> you. <laughs> you know like first things first like i don't want some sort of like you know liability issue on me uh, if you get hurt in that regard but on top of that like I, it's just not safe it makes no sense what i found out was apparently like there's some sort of money involved in this like uh, really? yeah people roll up with like a certain amount of money Whoever kind of like wins that challenge, I guess takes away all the money. Like somebody will put down five hundred dollars, somebody else will put down five hundred dollars. You know, whoever kind of walks away from that <laughs> endeavor. You know. Yeah, the guy. The guy I was talking to at the store said he won a whole stack. He won a thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Uh, between like four different wow. people. So I don't know what the rules are, but apparently money is is also involved, which which I find funny that. Puma, you're not all over this. I mean like anything. Yeah, with action, right? Anything with action <laughs> no on the i I'm planet, Puma's not like... setting I'm not setting <laughs> odds
1: for Dude. dumbasses. How many you know, over under on three and a half, you know, crates can they walk over before they fucking bounce their head off that goddamn curb?
0: They could have a table tennis match in Turkmenistan, and you'd have some sort of action on that. Well, I didn't
1: bet the I didn't bet the Olympics just because I wasn't driving to New Jersey every day. But but I will tell you this much: that Japan versus China, you know, uh, table tennis match we were watching, I would have put a couple of shekels down on that one. But...
0: <laughs> Who was that chick that let me down? the The Japanese Allen Iverson.
1: What was it like Fukushima or some shit? Yeah,
0: Nagasaki, F- and Fukushima. <laughs>
1: The fucked up thing is, it's like we're not even like, tongue in cheek. I think that's what their last names were.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure Nagasaki was not her name. I was just making a World War II chip. Dude,
1: I don't fucking know. It's pretty goddamn close. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. We end we're up about, getting canceled. I was going to say, we're going to be like Scott Zolak yeah, here. We'll Easy. Canceled there in a second.
0: <laughs> Lucky for us,
1: our 32 listeners won't be offended.
0: It'll uh, <laughs> well, well, be really easy to figure out which one sque- uh, squealed, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we only got like 10 people to talk to, so... <laughs> yep. Oh Freddie, you man. son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: my
0: God. Well, speaking of the crate challenge, this morning, Cameron was at the top of the crates and Bill Belichick pushed everything underneath them. <laughs> and <cut it> down. <laughs> Mac Jones, too. Mac Jones did it. Oh, uh, yep. Mac Jones was there as well, but yep. the big news Fucking is he guys- super kicked it. <laughs> <laughs> the big news, if you guys are here, at around 10 o'clock in the morning, um, Jim McBride of the Globe first reported that Cam Newton got cut. Uh, comes as quite a shock to all of us because we thought Cam Newton was going to be the uh, the starting quarterback for the Patriots uh, week one. So, listen, when you guys first saw it, I'm sure you guys were just as shocked as I was. What was your initial thoughts? You know, how did, you, did you guys see this coming at all? I mean, I know, I, I sure as hell didn't. But you know, out of all the cuts today, this was by far the biggest. So, I wanted to open the discussion off with what your initial thoughts were on the Cam Newton cut.
1: I mean, I had to log out of my uh, work uh, my work phone and computer for a little bit and was like, yeah, yeah, really? I mean, it's like, Kim break. Newton got cut? Like, it like, was just back
0: like. Cigarettes.
1: <laughs> yeah, hang on a sec. I got to step outside. Um, but, no, like, in, in, in all seriousness, you know, I think we all can agree, like, Jay, like you said, and I think it, it, the rest of the fucking football world, for that matter, everyone thought, like, Cam Newton was going to be the week one starter. Mm -hmm. We probably had our own timelines of maybe, you know, between week four and week seven, maybe the kid takes over. But no way was it even remotely close in my mind that, like, he was going to be the final cut on cut down day and they were going to go with Mac Jones. Granted, we were talking about this on the pod and we've talked about this offline a lot too. Mac Jones looked the part. Granted, he wasn't getting a whole lot of run with the ones, but he looked the part. He was calling the protections. He was checking in and out of plays. You know, he he looked every bit the the person that they drafted. You know, fifteenth to sixteenth overall this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I I was downstairs in my house putting together a bike, and my fiancee Chantel, she said. Cam Newton got cut. I'm like, that's got to be from a fake account on Twitter. I'm like, there's there's no way that that actually happened. And then she said his name, and it wasn't Jim McBride. It was Tom Pelissaro that she saw it from. I'm like, well, that guy's legit. So I went upstairs, flipped on the you know, the talk, Radio Zolak and Bertrand, and I basically sat on the couch for four hours and listened to him talk mm-hmm. about it. You know, I I think if, if somebody is going to tell you that they saw this coming, that he was going to be released on the final day of cutdowns, they'd be lying to you. They'd be blowing smoke up your ass. There's no way anybody saw this coming. I think at the very least, you would have expected to see Cam Newton. Okay, he, he's not starting. He's backing up. Um, you know, I, I shared what, basically what you said, Puma. I mean, yeah, he didn't get a lot of reps with the ones, but when he was out there, you know, you felt like he was in command of the offense and moving the ball and, like you said, checking the change of protections and all that. He, he, he felt, it felt like he, he was an NFL quarterback as advertised from the draft. And as a Patriots fan, I'm, you know, if I wasn't excited for week one already, I'm way more excited now.
0: I think all three of us can agree that this is quite the shock because of all the evidence leading up to this point. You know, leading up to this point, Cam Moon took all the first uh, first uh, reps with all the uh, first, first reps in, in, in the offseason. He took, you know, the first, first, he's up for drills. He started in most of the preseason games. You know, like essentially everything that was building up to this moment, it points to the fact that Cam Moon's going to be the week one starter. So I don't understand, like, where it went wrong. I mean, at the end of the day, I know Belichick likes to play close to the vest, and he doesn't want to give out any information. But could it be something as simple as, you know, like, that vaccine thing was something that kind of Mm -hmm. pushed Belichick over the edge, right? Um, There's nothing else we can point to. You know, to be real, like, at the end of the day, I think we all agree that Matt Jones won the starting quarterback job, but not by Mm -hmm. much. I mean, yes, he was better than Cam Noon, but not by like a staggering amount, right? And going into no. this going into this competition we all thought that essentially, you know, McCorkle had to blow him out of the water and take the job away. But it wasn't like that. There was definitely some ups and downs for for uh, for uh mac jones as well so i do wonder what happened along the way you know could it be the vaccine thing could be internal pressure you know from josh mcdaniels and and uh you know obviously uh the head uh, i'm sorry the uh the owner themselves. they saying like listen there's a good chance that mac jones is a starter here we gotta get rid of cam so i don't know what happened because everything seemed to point to the fact that mac uh, cameron was going to be our starting quarterback
1: I mean, my gut take is, uh, I I think it's a mixture of two things. I think it is a mixture of the vaccine snafu where depending on what you read and who you follow on Twitter, there's like camps of the Pats botched it. There's camps of Cam Newton just was stupid. Uh, but then the other aspect of the thing is granted, we're not going to know because we weren't in, you know, Belichick's office today, but like. I kind of think that Bill leveled with him and said, you know, the old man told him, hey, we're going to roll with the kid. We want you to be a backup. You know, we want you to be the backup. But if you don't want that, we'll give you out, your outright release. And I think, I don't think Cam wants to be a backup. I think, you know, despite what we've seen last year and the years prior in Carolina. I think he still views himself as a starting caliber quarterback, when in reality, it, that's not the case. And I think that's, I think he might have just, you know, did some hair and carry and just was like, all right, I'll, I'm, I'm out of here, give me my outright release, but, you know, we're never going to know.
0: Well, from what I understand, a couple of different reports came out from prominent Boston reporters, Greg Bernard being one mm-hmm. of them. Saying yeah. that there was actually no like decision on the part of Cam Newton, it was mm-hmm. basically Belchuk saying, This is what it is now, you're not part of the team anymore because uh, because McCorkle won the job from you.
2: See, hmm. I I think that that's I, I heard that also uh earlier today on Felger and Maz, and you know, I kind of buy that. And, and the reason I buy it is you think about this, you got Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback, coming out, going to be starting for the first time in the NFL. Do you really want to have that style, that guy who believes he's a starter, backing him up in the locker room, kind of casting that shadow over him? Um, you know, in the season, I think I think what their goal was by letting Cam go was to kind of basically give Mac a clear path, not have him looking over his shoulder constantly, um, so he can focus on starting and you know continuing to get ready for the opponents each week and that I think that that's a major part of it because I I too thought there was a chance that given how much Bill respects Cam and how much you know you know he stuck with him last year even though everybody was calling for you know Stidham to just play because of how bad Cam was and you know going further and bringing him back this this offseason it would make sense that he gave Cam an out but I think I, I, I believe what Bedard's saying in, in that this was a team decision and that, that it was not in, in Cam's court at all. At all.
0: What, and, and, you know, we all are kind of stunned with how, how close Cam Newton and Belichick got in the past year or so. So this decision becomes even more glaring of like, oh, my God, how did this happen? Do you think there was any other outside pressures playing here um, in the decision-making for Bill Belichick. Do you think, you know, the owner might come down and say something in regards to moving on from, from Cam, Or is it simply, you know, at the end of the day, Mac Jones won the job, he's the best fit for this team, and we're going to move forward with him?
2: Personally, me, I, I think if you're going to say there's any kind of pressure on Bill, it, it, it didn't come from from Robert. I think it would have come in his talks with Josh McDaniels and about what kind of offense they want to run this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that they had a hard conversation about it. And I, I think all three of us can agree that Mac is the better fit for what the Patriots try to do with their offense. And you have Cam Newton as your backup. You're basically, if he has to get in there, you're running two different offenses. And there, there's a style, there's a fit there that, that, that's that's not there, I should say. It's not there when you have Cam and you have Mac. You, you want to, If you're going to find a backup quarterback, whether it's Brian Hoyer coming back, or you go out and get somebody else. You want somebody that's going to fit that style of play. And Cam obviously doesn't fit that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, moving forward, where does this lead Cam Newton? Is this basically the end of him in the NFL? There's rumblings coming out today that the Dallas Cowboys are in search of a backup quarterback. But if that's the case, then why would Cam leave New England, a system he kind of knows. Exactly. He'll be, be a backup exactly. for rest, right? So right? Exactly. It seems to be pointing to the fact that Cam's career might be ended here. But do you guys see you playing it out any other way?
1: No, I think I think uh, you know, barring a, a catastrophic injury to a quarterback and ownership of that team and the coach of said team has no faith in the quarterback room, that's really going to be the only avenue uh, Cam Newton has to being a starter again. It's like it's like when Ryan Tannehill, what was it like, through four years ago when he was with the Dolphins, blew his ACL out in training camp, and they they want they didn't want to go with Matt Moore, uh, Adam Gase. Brought back his buddy uh, Jay Cutler, and Jay Cutler got the job. Like I think it's going to have to be a situation like that in order for Cam Newton to uh to uh, to get a to get a starting job. I mean, somebody asked Ron Rivera today, like, "Hey, would mm-hmm. Cam Newton be re- being released? You know, did you did you guys think about you know bringing Cam you know Cam back in?" And Ron was candid. He said, "Yeah, we we did think about it, but you know, at the end of the day." You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is our starting quarterback. And I think think that tells you everything you need to know from his former coach. And I think Ron Rivera told us enough last year when he could have signed him, traded for him a pennies on the dollar, and he said, no, well, I'd rather go with Dwayne Haskins, who has his, you know, ups and downs, mostly downs, but there were some bright spots along the way in Washington. (laughs) The guy with one leg and the dude that was a grad student at Old Dominion. That tells you everything you need to know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I don't see him getting a. He's obviously at this point not going to get a starting job this year. I, I I think Dallas as a backup to Dak would be a great fit for him. Um, I think that would that that move makes all. I think that make move makes a lot of sense for Dallas and for Cam. You know, Dak's and you know coming off a pretty major injury himself. So if Cam wants to like maybe have an opportunity to play, I think that's a good spot for him and a good fit for him. That being said, I mean we all saw what cam was last year and granted cam didn't do anything to lose this job in new england this year he was better than he was last year he didn't come out in the preseason and fall flat on his face you know you know be absolutely garbage to show like oh he's the same guy as last year he, i think we can all agree he's been better for the, over yeah. the last month
0: yeah but like I mean, the bar was so low tiny, like i know a i know fraction i mean like we're talking like you know, I was thinking about this the other day. That throw, I Instead mean, of you...
1: bouncing the ball three times, he bounced it twice.
0: <laughs>
1: like, like okay. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying okay. to be mean. I'm not trying to no, be tongue-in-cheek. But, in but, cheek, you got, you but like, at the end there. of the day, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, let's say, I'll, I'll play this game. Let's say he goes to Dallas. With all those playmakers there, he's magically
2: going to complete a pass that doesn't one-hop to a guy? I mean, those players are going to make him look better. I think that's that's pretty easy to say, and that's 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 if Dak gets hurt, this he's a he'd be a backup. He'd be a guy to come in and play if he needed to play. I mean, let's be honest. I'll be honest with you right now. Like I would feel better about having Cam Newton as my backup to Mac Jones if Mac Jones gets hurt to put Cam Newton out there rather than Brian Hoyer. I mean, that's that's pretty easy to say. You not agree with me? I take Brian I mean, we,
1: Hoyer, got, the
0: in Stid. we <laughs> okay. got the prodigy instead. Okay. The prodigy instead. No, but I'll, I mean I'll, in I'll all take my honesty, Ted Trem and Brian Oher, man, I really will. I was okay. I was okay. going to say
1: the same, and like okay. I wasn't I'm not even being a wise guy. Uh, prodigy Like, yeah. yeah go ahead. Like c- considering the offense that you want to run, you know, Hoyer would fit that like in the pocket. He can kind of move enough. Granted, we can all agree that his clock management skills were are atrocious. But then, like, Stidham, you know, we saw he, what he can do. He can He's mobile. He's got wheels. Yeah. Like, I would rather roll the, the dice with those two than, you know, than Cam.
0: I just, I just, I'm just frustrated at where... What... Where this team's quarterback situation is, and this is not gonna become a big, you know, Brady topic or whatever. But I was I was thinking about that throw the other night that me and you birds were going off of, right? How we were super excited about that throw he made down the seam. Jacoby Myers didn't, didn't catch it, got intercepted. But you know how excited we were about that throw? And there was a time that this organization used to like reel on Brady for one of the one single bad throw after 19 great completions, and now we're at the point where we're getting excited about just one single throw, like, it just tells you just how low the bar is for Cam Newton, right? And the guy just got better by a little bit, not by a lot, and it, it says something that, a, that, that you know, that McCorkle was able to beat him out in three months. That says quite a bit, and tells you everything you should know about Cam Newton at this point in his stage, his career. Oh, I
2: mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, Cam Newton, you know, he's taken such a beating over his over the length of his career. He's, what, 32? 32? I think he's thirty-one or thirty-two years old now. You know, he's, it's it's evident it's not it's it's his body falling apart because he's taken so much punishment over the years. And yes, we got excited about that because uh, that was the best throw. You know, you and I, we've all seen him throw in, in a year and a half almost, and but almost a year and a half since he's been with the team. Like mm-hmm. best throw ever. And of course, it, uh, in you know, in true Cam Newton pa- fa- fashion, it was picked off. But was a hell of a play by the
0: defender, but... But that's how low the bar is. I mean, in the preseason game, he throws a, a ball, a great ball that eventually got intercepted, and we're like, that is the best throw he's thrown as a Patriot. Think about how low that bar is. I mean, the bar the bar definitely is low with
2: Cam Newton. I mean, we, we all saw what he did last year. I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> you know? And I think, all, I think you and I are both happy that Mac Jones won the job, and oh, I think that... That we, you know, we both, you know, after the first preseason game, we had the pod here and we're like, we saw enough in that one game that'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, roll with it. You know, we'll deal with the highs and the lows of the season. You know, there's going to be low, low points. It's going to have bad games. You know, you can just have to deal with it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Cam Newton reminds me of, and, and this is maybe an analogy that doesn't work, but maybe it does and I'll throw it out there for you guys. But, you know, the Michael Jordans or the Kobe's of the world that were so athletic and they used to essentially lean on their athletic ability to get into the hole and dunk the ball later in their careers had to formulate a jump shot just because the athleticism wasn't there anymore. And it seems that as Cam has gotten older, as the, the tolls of the, you know, the hits have, you know, were on him and he's going through some of these injuries, it seems he never really perfected his pocket presence game, never really perfected the uh, ability to run an offense or dissect a defense, and yet to still lean on his athleticism. And, you know, obviously it came to a point now where I, I think it caught up to him, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense or no?
2: I mean, for uh, me, yeah. I sense. mean, go ahead, Puma.
1: I was just gonna say, like, it, it makes sense. I mean, hell, like, you know, we we you know, Jay, when we we started at a, at our you know at Trade Wind, um, not to name drop here, but uh, when we started <laughs> there, and you know, when our buddy, or uh, Justin Butot, two hot Butot, or uh, I guess you could say, you know, relative insider to the Carolina Panthers, because he's a died in the wool Panther fan. Like, we would all talk, and you know, Cam Newton for all of his physique attributes and built like a brick shithouse and can run between the tackles and he can at the time he could throw the ball i mean we saw that at auburn we saw that his first couple of years but he just took such a toll on his body and his shoulders and lowering the shoulders like that hindered his development to be a complete passer and the later in the you know the back nine of his career and you know it sucks to say this you know, I, he, he's not even close to friggin' 40 years old. And we're saying, like, Cam Newton's in basically the twilight of his career right now. Like, it's just, you know, how far the mighty have fallen. So that, that analogy, Jay, is not beyond the realm of you know, floating a possibility of what you just said. I, I completely
2: buy that 100%. You know, and I, I, I second that. I mean, think about it, though. Like, the amount of running that he did and the amount of hits he took from, you know, running – he's almost breaking down like a running back when you think about it. You know, running backs mm-hmm. have such a short lifespan in the NFL because they take such a beating on a weekly basis. And, you know, obviously it was he's 32. He's obviously, you know, older than the average running back when they kind of break down and leave the league. But that's because he's a quarterback, so he's not always running. But he he did it so much early on that, you know, it's, it's caught up to him. And like you said, Puma, I mean, he didn't develop the – the other skills needed to, you know, for longevity in the league, the, you know, the, the pocket presence. I mean, not feeling the guys coming around on them and getting out of there and not being able to change protections at the line as well, all that. And, you know, we saw all that last year in play when it's like, Oh, the Denver the game. The yeah. Denver game was The Houston boring. game, too. Houston, Houston game
1: was bad, the 49ers game, but, like, the Denver the Rams, game yeah, with me the, oh, game was, was just bad. so horrid because it looked like he was on slow-mo, mm-hmm. and everybody else was at, like, two times the pace, and by the time mm-hmm. he got into his third step drop, you know, Br- Brandon Chubb is right there and about to ask him, like, what are you eating for lunch? Like, he was right there every single
2: time. Not to seg- segue into it, but, I mean, that was the game he came back from COVID, so you mm-hmm. think about that, too, with this whole thing, like... He had the bout with COVID. He missed a few games. He came back and that was the game. He he, he came back from COVID. And then this year, you know, in training camp, he falls out of the protocol. He didn't have COVID, but you know, the whole vaccine status and everything, he had to sit out for five days. And, you know, from what I heard, like, again, Greg Bedard said it too on the radio today, that pract those practices for Mac Jones was where he believes the decision was made Mm -hmm. or, or was very, or if not, the decision was made, they, they they were gonna give Cam that one last shot in the game to do something to to kind of show that he could take it back.
0: Yeah, I wonder how much of this competition um, essentially was swayed to the fact that Cam didn't do much running in the preseason. You know, at the end of the day, we all believe that you shouldn't really be running in the preseason and taking hits, but that mm-hmm. seems to be a big part of his game. What if he actually was injured? What if that little statement that came out about the misunderstanding was something, you know, we take that face value, with what the Patriots said, and he actually had some sort of injury. There's been rumblings that it was a lower half injury, like maybe an ankle injury that to go get it looked at, and maybe that hindered his performance in the preseason where he didn't use his running ability to showcase. I wonder if a healthy Cam Newton, who was 100% healthy, actually ran a little bit, would have won that competition.
2: Maybe. I mean, it's very possible. But again like like you say Jay, you know, reliability and being on the field on Sunday mm-hmm. is a major major, you know, attribute for for a player. And you couple the okay, he was dinged up, okay, if he's dinged up then okay, you throw in the COVID status and the protocols and all that. I mean, at the end of the day, it just looks like he's a very unreliable guy. And mm-hmm. it sucks because he is a, he is a great leader and a great person to have in in your locker room i mean it that i that's one thing i'll never knock the guy for he's a great leader he seems like a great person everything but just you can't use that to make up for your lack of ability on the field and then if you can't be on the field that's a whole nother story
0: yeah yeah let's move it on to the uh the mac jones angle of this right so what do you guys expect out of mac jones this year um you know i i kind of put some pay some numbers down um and obviously you know, at the end of the day, you don't have to, like, hit these numbers exactly. But if you go in the ballpark, I'd be fairly happy with what I saw out of, uh, out of McCorkle this year. So I'm looking for at least 30 touchdowns, which I think is doable. Um, How many? 30, 3-0. Okay. Uh, 30 touchdowns, uh, especially with the 17th game this year. Um, at least 10 interceptions or less. That's a good 3-to-1 uh, ratio for touchdowns and uh, interceptions. Somewhere in that 35 to 4,000 yards for passing um, and hopefully leading the team uh, to at least 10 or double-digit wins. I think those are some good baseline numbers that a quarterback of his caliber that's running the Patriots system should be able to attain.
1: I can yeah, find that. Go ahead. Oh, uh, go ahead, Bridge. No, 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 you got gonna... the floor.
2: I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I, I would love, I would be extremely happy if that was what we came out of the year with. I, I I'm not gonna say that he won't throw more interceptions than that. You know, through growing pains, maybe he has a bad game where he throws four. You know, I, I I could very well see that that happens against one of these. You know, really good teams. We'll we'll say Tampa Bay. You know, that could happen against them. Um, I I think that they're obviously going to be a very run heavy team. I don't think that their approach is going to change. Um, so whether or not they, they let him, you know, get him to a point where they, they let him go loose. I don't know if we'll see that, uh, this year. I, I think that they're going to put him in situations where the play call, the plays that they're going to call are going to be ones that are going to be high, you know, high probability, high success rates, whether they're short passes or check downs or whatever. I think you're going to see a lot of that again this year.
1: Yeah, I'll buy that. I was going to go with like, 20-ish touchdowns, 10 to 12 interceptions. I could buy the 3,000-yard passing total. But, you know, just to piggyback what Off-Burge said, I think they're going to be run heavy. I mean, Damian Harris looked great in the preseason. Stevenson looked great in the preseason, too. I think they're going to lean on the run. I think they're going to try to get uh, Johnny Smith involved in the running game a little bit, too, Mm -hmm. with a couple of end-arounds and stuff. I, I think, you know, he's going to be vultured a bit by this running game. But, you know, 20 touchdowns,
0: 12 interceptions for a rookie, I can live with that. Well, that's kind of, that's awfully low, Puma. 20 touchdowns to 12 interceptions? Yeah, like 10 to 12.
1: Again, like you factor in the vulture factor, maybe on the goal line, he might, you know, Mac Jones might rush in, fall forward for one. You get Stevenson, Damien Harris. Yeah.
2: You know, so, something like so that. Ju- just for reference, Jay, like looking it back at – what Brady did, we'll say his last five years in New England. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking twenty eight, thirty two, twenty nine, and twenty four touchdowns in those seasons. Mm-hmm. Even the years that they went and won the Super Bowl, you know, and you know, you got games where he's throwing right around. He's obviously over the four thousand yard mark um, on that. So, obviously, you add in the extra game; those numbers are going to be a little bit higher. Uh, the thirty touchdown mark, I think that might be a little high. Um, but if I can get 10, 10 to twelve interceptions out of him, I'll be, I'll be thrilled. Yeah,
0: yeah, and listen, it's it's gonna come down to how good is the team around him, and this obviously leads into the national conversation the the natural conversation about Stefan Gilmore, right? I mean, the, mm-hmm. the other bit of news that came out today was he was put on the PUP list. Uh, we should keep him out for at least six weeks. He'll be back. Uh, he'll play what about eleven games this year? Get seven million dollars. Uh, But, I mean, I I think, you know, we've talked about this a couple times now, and it's starting to become really concerning that Stephon Gilmore isn't out there. He essentially is going to be their best player this year for at least half the year. Um, So I, I, I still don't understand why he's not there. I don't know why they're... What the snag is, uh, you know, it makes no sense for the Patriots to spend so much damn money this offseason and still try nickel and dime Stephon Gilmore. So, I think it's imperative they try to knock this out as soon as possible. They're gonna need him, especially with the brand of football they want to play this year. Good, sound defense, running the ball, and usually a good, strong corner usually helps that game plan.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, with Gilmore being out, I think that I. You know, this was floated around again on the radio today. I listened to a lot of talk radio today, more than I've listened to probably in the last two months. Um, I think that there's a, there might be a connection between the whole Cam Newton thing and the Gilmore uh, to Pup. And it, the, the reasoning for that is with Cam Newton in there, you are 100% relying on your defense to hold a team to, you know, 13 to 17 points to win the game. And obviously, that would be a, a like almost a ceiling with a Cam Newton-led offense. With Mac Jones, you have a higher ceiling as to what that offense can produce uh, in terms of points. And obviously, Gilmore being out for six weeks, your defense, is, you know, is that much worse. And I think they're gonna they're they're going into this season with the mindset that their offense is gonna have to do a bit more than they originally thought. Um, in terms of the contract with Gilmore. I'd be curious to know, and we'll, we'll probably never find any of this out. How much of this is the team? How much of this is this Gilmore? Is Gilmore holding out for a multi year contract extension? And the Patriots may not want to give that to him. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that could be playing, playing a factor here, too. Obviously, we're all on board. Pay him more for this year, and then, you know, whatever happens after this year, so be it. But if, if he's holding out for some sort of long term extension here, that, I think that plays a major factor as to why something didn't get done
0: yeah yeah um actually i got a little bit of breaking news in regards to where cam Newton is signing looks like uh i saw this report on twitter that looks like he's gonna go and play for the bishop sycamore school next year (laughs) (laughs)
1: got him oh man for those of you that don't know uh the bishop sycamore high school whatever Uh, They were showcased on ESPN against, what was it, IMG Academy, like a showcase Mm -hmm. high school game on ESPN. And uh, that was like a fake football team. Like, they were lauding having five-star recruits and all this nonsense. And slowly the last couple of days, it has come out that it was uh, the millie vanilli of high school football teams. So... Yeah, maybe Cam Newton and Kelvin Benjamin, like NFL memes put up there, uh, would be able to tag team and bring that team to a championship.
0: (laughs) Well, it seems like the uh, the address listed on the school was like some random apartment complex in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Looks like their head coach was the next convict. Um, On top of that, like all the players on the team that were supposed to be high school players were junior college players. And I think was Joe
1: Exotic the general manager?
0: (laughs) I think the absolute funniest thing about this whole thing is the fact that Juco players got absolutely ran by high school players. Like, nobody would yep. bring up the fact that it was 55-0 when a bunch of high schoolers <laughs> took out junior college players, man. So it just goes to show you um, what a well wall machine team can do.
1: I can see Netflix special right now. Uh-huh. It's going to be
0: great. There's a fire festival, <laughs> high school edition.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh
0: man. Interesting stuff um okay do you guys want to hit on any other cuts or you guys want to move on to Deshaun Watson information I
1: mean I think that was really it for cuts today I mean the Dolphins really didn't surprise me with anything I guess you know they cut they cut center Matt Sucre yesterday um but I guess it was a close competition between him and uh I believe it was like an undrafted rookie last year maybe the year before but no Cam Newton trumps all he's the Mount Everest of cuts today
2: yeah just just one thing I want to bring up real quick. Um, the There was a corner by the Chicago Bears. Desmond Trufant was released today. He signed a one-year deal with them earlier this year. Um, hadn't really shown up much in the uh, in the preseason or training camp because he's, uh, his father had passed away. So he ended up getting released. Um, I just wanted to say, in terms of the Patriots, one name to keep an eye on for them to kind of show up the cornerback depth. They did have Desmond Trufant in for a visit back in March. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Maybe they, uh, they they look to bring somebody like that in. You know, with Gilmore being out, obviously we're we have big concerns about the Patriots' secondary going into the season, and I think he could be a fit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the latest on Deshaun Watson saga. A couple of reports came out over the weekend suggesting that the uh, the Miami Dolphins and the Carolina Panthers were in the mix for a trade to happen. Um, it, as the weekend progressed, looks like the Miami Dolphins became the front runners. However, today in Rappaport said that General Manager Nick Casario decided he won't trade him and uh, essentially keep him on the roster. So, with you being the resident Dolphins fan, Puma, would you like Deshaun Watson on your team? And what's your thoughts on the latest information coming out?
1: I mean, I. From a talent perspective, yeah, I'd love to Sean Watson on my team. the The fact of the matter is, is there's still 22 civil cases that need to be adjudicated, <laughs> plus an FBI investigation, plus an investigation by the Houston Police Department about uh, sexual assault and battery and whatnot. But I mean, just just looking at all the reports and you know, Ben Albright uh, at Albright NFL on Twitter has been a you know ahead of this for months. I, I feel like he's been talking about this, since, you know, essentially. The news came out that Deshaun Watson wanted to trade initially, and he brought up a great point, and I'm in agreement. Um, The only way a deal like this works is, one, the criminal case gets squashed. Uh, Two, the civil cases, whether they've signed disclosure agreements, if Deshaun Watson puts, let's say, $22.5 million, $23 million in kind of a fund where... You know, he doesn't confirm nor deny guilt, but, you know, his the, the people's lawyer, Busby, just disperses the money amongst, you know, the victims, or alleged victims, I should say, plus himself, uh, to adjudicate that. That's the only way this trade's going to work, plus any protections and draft picks, if they don't adjudicate the stuff. But, I mean... He's made it known that Watson wants to go down to South Florida. He wants to go to Miami. He wants to be back with his buddy, Will Fuller. We saw what the Fuller-Watson you know, Watson relationship looks like. I would love that on my team, not only just from like a fantasy perspective, but in real-life football. Like, you look at this team, you know – Deshaun Watson's mobile. He, he has no qualms throwing the football down the field. He's got speed that kills on the outside with, you know, Devontae Parker when he's healthy, uh, Will Fuller, especially when he's healthy, Preston Williams, who I think is going to have a big year this year, coming off of the ACL injury the year prior. Um, no, I would absolutely love this, but whether or not Stephen Ross kind of gets in the way of things, that's a whole other fucking ball game.
2: Hey, well, I saw a report today that came out that uh, Stephen Ross really wants to to trade for Deshaun Watson. Whoa. I don't know if you guys saw that. It came from, uh, from uh, Mike Florio, your – Karen Florio. We'll, we'll use him by Karen his appropriate Florio, name Karen Florio, we do spot. not have his name. Yep. He came out and said he's got a source that he really wants – that Stephen Ross really wants to uh, trade for the Texans quarterback. So that's something to keep an eye on.
0: Well, I think I saw somewhere later on that the, the Dolphins – Came out and rebutted that statement by uh, Karen Florio, saying that essentially something to the tune of "We're happy with who we have on the roster right now." And then I think uh, Brian Flores also said something to t- something to uh, to the tune of "You know, we want high character guys on the roster," and that seems to be in direct, you know, contradiction of what uh, Deshaun Watson is at the moment. Yeah, Leave it to I mean, these Floria. guys were.
1: Yeah, and, and I was going to say like these guys, especially Chris Greer and and Brian Flores, you know, God bless them. They are the uh master smoke screeners if we haven't seen that enough the last couple of drafts uh, that these two guys have had. And you know, it, Albright, he was uh he was saying this and this has been kind of corroborated by, you know, Pauline from uh, Pro Football Network as well too, that The Tua pick was a man. That was a ownership pick. That was a Mm. Stephen Ross pick. the The coaches and the general manager were not on board with Tua. They thought that he had hesitation, you know, pulling the trigger on the deep ball. Deshaun Watson clearly does not have hesitation, uncorking the cannon, putting the ball down the field. Um, You know, again, like it kind of comes down to questions that we as fans have always asked: Is it? The quarterback in Alabama that's really making the system thrive, or is it the fact that you're throwing to track stars at wide receivers and the system itself that makes this quarterback thrive? That's always been the question with Alabama, and you can say that about other colleges too. Um, So I'm not just bashing Alabama here, but it's been reported that Tua was not a coach pick. So if the coaches have their way and they don't want to lose the locker room, like, yeah, they're going to, you know, give some lip service. I'm not saying Flores is doing that, but let's just play the game if he is. He's going to give some lip service. They're going to drive. They're going to wait for the price to come down. I think, you know, if you also think of it this way too, looking at the CBA, yeah, they can have Deshaun Watson inactive and still pay him. But unless the NFL, you know, office unless roger goodell grants them an exemption i think they can only do that for six weeks max like at some point he is going to have to be active on the roster or or they're going to have to get an exemption or they trade him by that point so this isn't a you know they had to trade him today this this can still be a developing story they could still wait for that price to come down and at some point casario and company like they're they're going to come to grips with reality and they're just gonna have to take the best deal that they can and Deshaun Watson has that no trade clause. So he's kind of in the driver's seat to an extent, which is the opposite of what I said at the beginning of the year, I understand that, but that's where we're at in life right now. What a mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is a shit show it is a shit show especially when like you know i i had i faced the music I'll, I'll make no bones about it i was on twitter and on the pod saying you know come hell or high water like there's no way houston's gonna get rid of Deshaun watson and then you have the sexual assault cases that come out and then you have this stuff and you know at some point you gotta face facts you gotta come into grips with reality and this is where we're at right now
0: that's okay, Puma, but that's what this is all about. It's about taking the latest information and formulating new opinions on it. You know, some of us just like to blindly follow uh, Bella <laughs> Fraud, but, you know, uh, <laughs> other other of us, we just like to, you know, take the information we have and formulate a new opinion. That's that's the essence of intelligence. Here we go. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Get the popcorn out. I'm just thought oh, you doing good. My at my sil- my silence should tell you how I feel about that.
1: <laughs> I mean I wasn't trying to take a shot at anybody. I was just admitting myself no, no, for myself. Jay,
2: Jay Jay took it a step further. I know Puma, I got you. <laughs> I expect it I expect it out of him.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, cool, cool. Um do you guys have anything else to add to that or do you guys want to move on to the uh, the fantasy section?
1: I mean, what do you guys think? Do you guys think he gets moved? Do you think they get that Houston gets an exemption? I mean, I
2: laid out the case. What do you guys think? I think, I think that he's going to end up on the exempt list at some point, point. and yeah. it, it, there's going to be something that's going to come down. He's not moving. I think, I think Houston would be dumb to move him at this point when his value is the absolute lowest, and I, I just, I have a hard time thinking that. With all these these accusations open against him, not resolved, that he doesn't end up on the, you know, the gets an exemption for this because I I would be I'd be stunned. We'll, we'll just call it that.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean I think you you have a good point here, Burge, in regards to the fact that his value is so low right now. And let's say he takes the next six seven months away from football, clears up all his legal issues, and who's to say next year around I don't know March or April we have this discussion again, right? I mean, at that point, everything's mm-hmm. cleared up. He still doesn't want to play for the Texans, and he's still only, what, 25, 26? So, you know, his, his value will be sky high at that point. So if I'm the Texans, you know, I basically just shelf him, tell him, hey, just take the year off, go home, don't come to the facility, uh, put him on the exemplary, so what do you guys whatever they want to do. And vote with Tyrod Taylor and see see how the, uh, the season goes. You know, it's not gonna be a good season anyways. Might as well have a throwaway year, rebuild your offense and your roster, and then just Get cash some fucking in. draft picks, back. Yeah, And then just cash yeah. in, just cash in Deshaun Watson for as many picks as possible the next two years and you'll be set. And
1: fun yep. fact too fun fact too, this has been reported, uh, the PFA, the pro football network guys are fucking great. Uh, but they've been reporting too that You know, Tua would not be involved in a trade to Houston. Like, they would possibly be able to keep Tua, send a couple of defensive guys, draft picks, and get Deshaun Watson. So, you still have that kind of a, you know, binky of, hey, like, Watson can't play. We still got Tua. And then you have Jacoby Brissett as the backup quarterback, too.
0: Yeah. Listen, as a a selfish Patriots fan, I, I want nothing to do with Deshaun Watson and the AFC East. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be an ass here to you, Burge, but if we somehow ended up with Deshaun Watson in our division with the Dolphins and Josh Allen with the Bills, like, we would never win the division again. Like, I, I, for the next 10 years, there's no way in hell. Like, we, I we believe in Mac Jones, but he's not going to be able to get to that elite, you know, quarterback level to take down those two on a consistent basis. So, as a selfish Patriots fan, I wish nothing more than, you know, not having Deshaun Watson go to the, the Dolphins.
2: I don't. Yeah, I, I. obviously don't want to see that either, and it would. It wouldn't be fun. It would be. It, actually, it, it, it depends what your definition of fun is, because you'd have some pretty competitive games going in the division every year. And I know we've had this debate multiple times off air about how, like, the Patriots games in the past. A lot of them, for me, you know. Why am I gonna watch this game? The Patriots are just gonna blow the Dolphins out, or they're gonna blow the Bills out, or they're gonna blow the Jets oh, out. So it's so like, much fun. You know, so you know, much fun. <laughs> you know, I. It's like, I, am I gonna really invest four hours into watching a non-competitive game? I mean, I know what the result's gonna be. I'll just watch the highlights. If Watson's there, yes, it's it's not it's not something I am hoping for. I really hope it does not happen. If it does happen, you know, we'll deal with it. <laughs>
0: bro Jack, I cannot convey to you the amount of fun I had, knowing before the game started we were going to crush the Dolphins, and then texting Puma after every quarter and just like rubbing it in even more. Like I, I don't know what is fun for yeah, you. Yeah, welcome to the me, back of the bus, asshole. For me, when we were up by fifty points, oh god, that was so much goddamn fun.
2: Welcome <laughs> to the back I'll, of the bus. I'll be honest, watching the Patriots blow out the Buffalo Bills always did make oh, me very very happy that was always very enjoyable but the other the other two i just didn't care because they were just that
0: i mean i try to tell myself back and you know in the heyday that like i shouldn't take this for granted because we're literally at this point of the season would be like all right so we're gonna win 12 games it all comes down to are we gonna win that big game against the colts or the chiefs or the one seed two seeds where are we gonna land i mean that was basically the thought process going in and now we're like damn did you see, see that
2: film by Cam Newen?
1: Whoa! <laughs> see, see, welcome see, that's why I, to the back of the bus. The see, back of the bus.
2: See, that's that's why I'm not I'm not a spoiled fan. I did oh, not take it. I did not here take it for go. granted. Here I did enjoy it. I I knew it was going to end, and I enjoyed every minute of it, regardless of whether I actually watched it or not. When they were blowing teams out, I did not take any of that for granted at all, because I knew. When the time came, we were gonna be where we are now.
0: What was it uh, was it Brady only lost to the Bills like what three times? There yeah, he 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 owned them. He <laughs> yeah, absolutely so he lost owned two, them. He lost them three times, and we've lost the Bills twice since he left in a year. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just that's good. <laughs> like Pooja said, back of the bus. <laughs> hey hey, during when Brady was here, the Dolphins were the, the biggest back test. Of the
2: bus! Back the dolphins, of the boss! Puma's dolphins were the biggest test. They always yeah. they they always found a way to win in Miami.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh the good old days. To what see are you it. gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, let's move on to some fanny uh, f- fantasy question. I almost said fanny, I don't know why. I was gonna say, we're talking about ass now? I'm, I'm a married man. I'll leave you that. Call to me you. an ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean right. you're stubborn
1: like one bird. I'll give you that. Oh god. <laughs> Hey, that's coming from are. an ass myself, so that's you all that. are,
0: exactly. We all are. A, we wouldn't I'm be good at what we did if we were donkey. Oh yeah. <laughs> the uh, popular segment, Sweeping the Nation, fantasy bulls with Burge has returned for the upcoming Let's NFL go. season. But Puma, you had a couple questions for Burge?
1: Yeah, uh my main question as our you know fantasy football expert, wheres you know, Burge wears a lot of hats around here our uh, senior insider and the fantasy contributor. Uh, so, Burge, you've had a couple of drafts so far. You do a dynasty league. Let's talk about season long a little bit. What are Who are the players that you are targeting a lot? Let's say like the you know later rounds. We're not going to talk about Christian McCaffrey yeah. or, or Dalvin Cook or anything like that. Like late round guys, air quotes, sleepers, if those things still exist. And who are players that you are fading slash avoiding like the plague?
2: So I'll start with, with, with some quarterbacks here. Um, one guy that I am in love with this year, I've got him in a couple of my leagues. I, I, I'm really high on Jameis Winston down in New Orleans once he won the job Ooh. down there. I, I, I really think that him with Sean Payton, um, he looked good in the preseason. Even without Michael Thomas down there, I, I think that he, he, he has a chance to be, be a really good fantasy quarterback. You know, even you know, in the midst of his thirty interception season, uh, you know, a few years ago, he still was a very serviceable quarterback. And you know, for me, if with quarterbacks, you know, you get outside of the top, you know, four or five guys, it's it's all really the same down there. Um, so I, I've been targeting Winston at quarterback. Um, you know, in terms of fading guys in uh, for the quarterbacks, one one that I'm I'm concerned about and to be honest, I took him because he was in, you know, the kind of the best available guy left at that point, uh, was Jalen Hurts. I'm not huge on Philly this year. I think that they are going to be a bad team, but while, while I'm fading him, he does have a little bit of rushing upside, but I just, I, the surrounding cast down there, I just, I'm, I'm really nervous about that. Um, you know, down there in, uh, in Philly terms of running backs guys that I have you know really liked going into this guys like uh like Javante Williams in in Denver you know if you can get Melvin Gordon to handcuff him there I think by the end of the year Javante Williams will be the guy there um you know obviously I was big on this guy last year and I'm big on him again his name is Chase Edmonds in Arizona you know no more Kenyon Drake there they did bring in James Conner but it seems like they're going to be giving Chase Edmonds a lot of looks uh, down there in Arizona, and then another guy, uh, Trey Sermon in San Francisco. You know, they're so, such a run-heavy team there in in San Francisco. Go back, Raheem Mostert. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> Raheem Mostert's an injury away from, you know, again, being out for an extended period of time. And, you know, I, I just really like, you know, even with Raheem Mostert there, Trey Sermon's going to get his looks. So, you know, you, you could have a diamond in the rough if, if Mostert goes down. Uh, wide receivers guys. I like, uh, Brian Edwards out of Oakland. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. I'm still doing that out of yeah, Las Vegas. Still
1: Oakland to me. Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah. Out of Las Vegas. I think he's got, he's, you know, reports are out that he's, he's kind of being winning the uh, number two receiver spot there. They're very pass happy offense. So he's going to get his looks, you know, along with Darren Waller and, um, Henry Ruggs. So he's, he's a, he's a big target of mine later in drafts. Um, you know, Puma, we talked before this about the Jacksonville receivers, uh, LaVisca Chennault, DJ Shark, you know, with obviously having an actual quarterback down there now, Trevor Lawrence. They have a chance to pop. Um, I will say I will have a little bit of uh, reserve on this because of Urban Meyer. I don't trust him down there mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. So, But at the same time, you know, they're going to be on the field. They're going to be getting looks from Trevor Lawrence, who is an absolute – He's going to be probably one of the best, if not the best, rookie quarterback out of this class this year. You know, as it stands now, so you know those guys are are guys that I'm looking at in terms of fading the receivers. uh, Kenny Galladay's one, especially in PPR because of the quarterback situation there. Um, You know, you know Juju Smith-Schuster is one I'll fade. You know, I won't even go near him. You know, you saw we saw a video of him doing freaking. The crate challenge, you know, uh, doing all that, it's just like dude, stay away from me. And um, you know, I just I he's just a guy I've I've stayed away <laughs> from for a long time. Mm-hmm. Tight ends, a big one, big guys I think could break out this year, have good years in fantasy. Logan Thomas with Washington, talk about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, he's he was good at the end of last year, and you know, with uh, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick, he slings the ball around, he could be big. Another guy is uh, T.J. Hawkinson. If he can stay healthy in Detroit, Detroit has no other real weapons on the roster outside of Tyrell Williams that are proven NFL talent. So I think he could be good. Also, you know, the fourth overall pick Kyle Pitts down in uh, in Atlanta. No more Julio Jones there. He has a chance to be the you know the next Travis Kelsey in the league. So that, that's that's kind of where I sit now. I. I I was big on Irv Smith uh, going into this season, but obviously news came out that he uh, he had meniscus surgery. So you you're going to take him; he's going to be more of a flyer because you're going to have to sit and wait for for a guy like him.
0: Yeah, uh, I think Jacoby Myers could be a really good deep sleeper man. A lot of people he might. He very have him. well could.
2: I mean, absolutely. The, I I did target him in a few of my drafts as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, at this moment, he's the best you know wide receiver out of that room. It seems like Nelson Aguilar, you know, and Kendrick Bourne are having some serious issues catching the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I would really consider taking Jacoby Myers like as wide receiver three or something like that. Um, I
2: think he could be a he could be like their next Edelman, so to speak. Not as good, but maybe as good. Who knows? But he's going to be their possession receiver. He's going to get a lot of targets and a lot of catches out of it. So if you have PPR league, absolutely take a flyer on him. Yeah.
0: What's your thoughts on Giovanni Bernard down at Tampa Bay? I mean, it looks like Brady finally got his. Third down back, James White-esque, you know, catch out of the backfield back. What's your thoughts on him and his fantasy um, projections?
2: Uh, uh he's a tough one to read because you know you have Leonard Fournette down there, who's obviously going to get a lot of the early down runs. And you know, I, if I remember correctly, towards the end of the season last year in the playoffs, he was catching balls too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, he's back there. They still have Ronald Jones, yeah, Rojo's who a also. Good year. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he, he's a pass catcher, too. If I'm going to take, like, you're talking, like, really late in the draft, take a flyer on a guy, I would, you know, anybody on Tampa you could take a flyer on and, you know, feel, you know, decent, that there's a decent chance that he could break out just because of the situation down there. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Um, any sort of um, do's and don'ts for my first ever keeper league? Uh, we had uh, a little bit of discussions off, uh, you know, off the podcast about, you know, what I should do and shouldn't do, but any sort of last minute um, you know, advice for the yep. first time first time in the keeper league?
2: So you, you, you had a keeper and um yep. how how remind me how you uh, how how you determine how you keep the player.
0: So essentially from what I understand it's like let's say I took um, somebody in the sixth round last year and I wanted to keep them, then this year I'd give up a fifth round pick for him.
2: Okay. And I remember you, you we, we talked about this, you're keeping yeah. digs, right? Yeah I got digs and that in the was...
0: sixth round, so essentially I'll give up a fifth round for him this year. But that's a that, money, money, I mean, that, money keeper. That's great keeper. value, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I got a wide receiver one um, real, real late, right?
2: Yep. My, so my advice on for this with you is obviously draft like you would normally, mm-hmm. especially early in the draft. So don't, don't go reaching for anybody early in the draft. Yeah. Um, but towards the end, if you think there are guys that are left that have a chance to really pop, mm-hmm. take the flyer on them. Because mm-hmm. those leagues – are you know traditionally one because you can keep a guy that you got late in a draft. I'm in a draft. I'm in a league that you keep the guy where you where you uh, where you drafted him the year before. So like for me this year, I drafted Devontae Adams in the third round last year. Yeah, he ended up being the best best receiver last year, so I got uh-huh. to keep him in the third round. So that's insane value for a guy who, who probably was going to go in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were guy. there was a guy who took. Um, Antonio Gibson I think in like the eighth or the ninth round so that that's a great that's a great keeper as well um, but yeah my advice to you would be to find guys like in the middle to late draft yeah. that you can kind of take that have a really good chance to pop mm-hmm. and then you know you get one of those guys those studs that that pops late in the draft and you can keep them late it can make you know make your next
0: year money oh wow look at that so thinking a couple steps ahead staying ahead of the curve and already looking to next year huh. Yep. So that's, not that's what you call connect four, not chat. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was setting him up, god damn it.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: I didn't think that was a connect four move. You it, bastards. up. I, floor, mean, not I feel like
1: we, but be- I feel like we behaved relatively well this episode. I think we
0: did good. So. I, think we could. I, I think we did good. I think we did good. good. You know, there's not. But we, He's I not- mean,
1: you, Jay. Listen,
0: At the end of the day, man. Listen, I part of me selfishly also wanted this Mac Jones thing to happen just because. I'm tired of the excuses. I'm just tired of the, well, we got to wait till he gets Mac up and ready. We got to wait for four years from now. We've got to wait when the. Nobody sun... has said four years. Get we've out got, of here with that. We've got to wait for the sun and the moon to align. And at that point, maybe we can evaluate uh, Bill Bachek's Bill career. But I feel like this move today has kind of fast tracked that. I know in your mind, you're giving him year seven or whatever it was, Burge. But uh, most, of, uh, most of us in America are like, all right, this is it. He's got his team, he spent $150 million in the offseason. For the most part, the team has been built well. Let's see what you got, Belichick. Let's see what you got, Belifrod.
1: I mean, I was just gonna say right. I'm proud you kind of went through like <laughs> the five the five stages of grief. Uh you know, on draft day, you were super quiet. I thought you mm-hmm. were just gonna start driving home. He was pissed. I thought I was gonna, have to, I was I was gonna have to bring you back to LaGuardia. Um, and now you've come around to being like, you know, Mac Jones is my guy
0: my God! Well, listen, listen so. Puma, like i, I don't want to become that hate like hate my own team guy you know what i'm saying like that's that's a hard pill to swallow for three years i might as well get on board with this now and, and to be real to be 100 percent mac jones compared to like like let's say uh a justin fields or a trevor lawrence like i don't think it's even a, a, a discussion right it's only the fact that we saw him go up against cam noon is why we're all like you know what the kid all right he played Martin <laughs> brendan <laughs> cam newton it's just because hey. of who is ahead head of of mac jones i guarantee you if somebody like obviously you know tom Brady's a ridiculous you know um example here but let's say somebody in the middle of the kirk road cousins. like yeah let's say kirk cousins ahead of mac, mac jones would be like oh my god this is ridiculous you know what i'm saying it's just it's just who was in front of McCorkle, and that was cam newton
2: hey justin fields couldn't even beat out andy dalton
1: Just because the Bears don't know what they're doing. Oh, okay. 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 I
0: I will say we had this conversation off uh, offline as well, but it's early, but I swear to God, Zach Wilson, man. I haven't I haven't come around on a Jets quarterback this hard this quick ever before. I mean I I was so out on Zach Wilson before the draft, but seeing some of the throws he can make, just like the pure raw talent, is eye popping. Like uh, uh, those highlights are are pretty impressive.
1: So Jay, you gonna get a, a ticket on the Mormon missile for uh, offensive rookie of the year?
2: <laughs>
0: I think I'm still. Oh, why to
2: don't go- you throw Why don't we throw out MVP vote, MVP bets? Come on now, that's what we've all been doing because of good throws in the preseason. Let's go.
1: Oh, what's the hey, last MVP? Hey, don't be in your feelings. Don't yeah. be in your feelings. I gave you yeah. a twenty-five dollar free bet. You bought, <laughs> so we're gonna do booze. I want to hear <laughs> shit out of you. <laughs> oh, let's get, of you
2: the, let's get the let's get the bet on record. Get the bet on record.
1: Yeah, ahead, that's, what, that's what I'm getting to. That's what I'm getting to, man. That's what I'm yeah. getting to, man. Yeah, you yeah, you know seem to say. be
0: all talk and no walk, Burge. I so, don't gamble so. money on sports.
1: That's it's insane.
2: not your money, you know it it's is. I
1: money. was I was going to give you 25 bucks, but that's beside the point. So for the 32 uh, listeners that listen, and really, it's you know our boy Freddie that listens to it 32 times. Um, so Freddie, <laughs> what we're doing is so we have a bet going. Based on the Bills uh, game last week. Uh, so what we're doing is whoever gets the most MVP uh, MVP votes between Josh Allen and uh, Pat Mahomes. If Josh Allen gets more MVP votes than Mahomes, Burge has to get me a bottle of whiskey. Now let's set the bar at like $45, bucks. All right? Like nothing more than 45 okay? now if vice versa happens i have to get burge a bottle of his choice drink of choice which i believe is rum if i'm correct yep, yep. so you know we'll, we'll put some booze in the line but the booze came into effect after burge balked at my 25 five dollar free pfr bet uh where he i don't won't even gamble your money. money i'm not oh, gambling your goodness. money this
2: this you guy, gamble enough
1: Okay, <laughs> you, oh, yeah, it you make it sound like you make it sound like I'm betting the mortgage. Hang on, let me go get my let me go get my wife. Hang on a sec. <laughs> this is this,
0: so. It, what you're saying, Burge, is you're trying to provide a service to Puma. You're trying to curtail his his gambling habits. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, you know. I mean. I mean. I, his his gambling yeah, yeah, and his drinking habits. Problem.
0: His gambling oh, and his go. drinking habits, you know? I mean, I, I want to save
2: Made him some money. Like you know, at the very Fiesta worst, say. I'm going to save him some money. I'm going to save him some money and give him a bottle of whiskey so he doesn't have to go out and buy it himself. <laughs> this wow. fucking guy. What a guy.
0: I never thought uh, of it that way.
2: I'm such a good guy. I mean, I you know, I can't deny
1: it, you know? This dude, I'm a, you're lucky we're doing this over, like, clean feed and Skype, right? smack the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Woo! Chantel won't have to hit you. I'll hit you tonight.
2: <laughs> oh, she'll, she'll, she'll appreciate that.
1: Uh huh. You can tell tell she can take a break. She can take a yeah. break. She can ice her hand. She can get it ready for tomorrow. Can... Is, uh, is, is
0: Chantel is Chantel bracing for the NFL season? <laughs> I think she's Are happy,
2: happy that Cam. She's happy Cam Newton's gone. She's happy yeah, for she's Mac. She's happy Jones. she don't have to hear you yell. <laughs> oh, she's gonna hear me yell either way. Don't worry. As long as i don't wake up parker i'm good
1: <laughs> so instead of waking up parker five times the game it got cut down to
2: three well he's gonna be watching with me this year he's a little he older goes. now so he's, gonna, yeah, he's, a little bit better. he's gonna, That's right. That's if right. i could get a mac jones uh onesie for him i w- if i can find it i'll get it for him
1: oh boy Alrighty.
0: <laughs> oh man all right you guys want to call it a podcast we're 65 minutes in
2: I think real we're quick good. i just want to i just wanna, I just want to give a little preview of what I'm going to bring uh, during the season. Uh, I am gonna I'm gonna introduce a new segment here. It's gonna be called Parker's Picks. So the games that we uh, we agree to, you know, are the biggest games of the year. The you know biggest games of the week. The following week on the podcast, I'm gonna have him make his picks for the game to go along with ours, so we can see if he's better than us. He's gonna be better than Jay. That's easy to do.
0: Well, are you well, going to set up, like, two, like, plush toys or something and have them, like, run to one? Like, what's the, what's the yeah, way I, you're going <laughs> to pick those toys? I,
2: I, I, think, I think the way I'm going to do it, at least to start, is I'm going to print out uh, the team logos. And I'm just mm. going to have – because he, he does this little butt scoot thing, uh, you know, around. He doesn't crawl. He just butt scoots. I don't see which one he butt scoots to. And that, that's how we're going to uh, determine what his pick is. There we go.
0: We're we going
1: we to
2: get video of this, too. I will take video of it. Don't worry. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> We got we to gotta appeal to the kids because the Puma loves the kids. We love the kids. We love the kids in the PFR
2: pod. He, he loves the kids, you know. He loves his drinking, he loves his gambling. Uh, oh, yeah, there, there you go. go. I mean, it's all like
1: I'm making it sound like a Craig Carton. <laughs> no shade, no shade. I love myself some Craig Carton on WFAN, the afternoon drive with uh, Evan Roberts. But no, I do not have a drinking problem, I do not have a gambling problem. We are good to go. And on that note, after I plug us up, I'm going to go find myself an AA meeting uh, so I can appease Burge. I, Gamblers, uh, too. Yep. Little, little 1-800-GAMBLER. I'll call them right now, too. Um so this episode of the oh, pod, no,
0: I'm sorry, Poon. Before you do all this, oh, uh, right, here we
1: go. Liz Taylor, what do you got?
0: Speaking speaking of gambling, did they put the uh, the Patriots Dolphins game back on the board or was it? Yep, still it's off? back
1: on the board. It's New England. It didn't budge. It's still New England uh, minus two and a half. But I think Coin flip. Uh, let's see. I mean, it's basically a pick'em. I, I, mm, I think yeah. it's going to get bet down to yeah. essentially a pick'em. Um, but I think the Dolphins. If you if you're going to take the Dolphins with the points, well, one do a teaser bet week one and week two that's going to be my little behind the curtain preview for what next week's episode is going to be but number two if you're gonna if you're gonna take the dolphins i think you're gonna be paying a little bit more on the juice side for uh, for vegas so just keep that in mind but it's uh it's two and a half that's where the line is right now
0: yeah let me see where did i get them I, got
1: I feel like you got them at three. It, it, it was fluctuating three. between three and two and a half for such yep, a long yep. time. I
0: put down uh, put down like twenty bucks on the three points. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Actually, I lied. The juice is on the Pats. It's minus one fifteen. If you get if you have the the Pats laying the points, it's minus one hundred five. If you uh, if you take the plus points with the Dolphins.
0: Uh-huh. I think the best bet I'm looking at right now in my bets is that uh, Josh Allen for MVP bet.
1: Here we go. On take that it, note, or we're take gonna take it to the bank. Gonna, <laughs> take it to the bank before uh, before I Can't miss wait. my AA. Can't me- wait. before I miss my AA meeting and my conference call with one uh, eight hundred Gambler. This episode of the podcast <laughs> and previous episodes of the pod can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Google Podcast, Stitcher apple podcast be sure to leave a five-star review i don't know how the algorithm works i'm going to keep saying this so you guys leave five-star reviews but you put a five-star review that'll help us uh with the you know exposure and uh hell if you leave a little question with the five-star review we might answer it on this podcast Social media-wise, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast. The Twitter account is at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. Jay is at Jay Chima. Our senior analyst, senior contributor, senior fantasy football guy, senior everything, senior at Bustin' Brandon's Balls, uh, Eric Burgess, (laughs) a.k.a. The Burge, is on the Twitter machine at Burge the Goalie. And uh, definitely be sure to see him going hard in the paint. Between Jay myself about Bella Fraud, A.K.A. Connect Four, A.K.A. Chestnut <laughs> <Bella Fair>. Goat, <laughs> A.K.A. A.K.A. Bella he said shit,
0: Connect Four.
1: Anywho, like, subscribe, download. You no, know, it's all in good fun. I still love you, verge even though you think I'm an alcoholic. But it's he fine.
2: Said, um, he said, he said <laughs> A.K.A. Connect Four.
0: Like, subscribe,
1: download, tell your friends, tell your family. If you're wasting away at work, give us a listen. We'll be 65 minutes of unadulterated humor and idiocracy and me just drinking whiskey. So it'll be a good time. Trash talk. Trash talk. (laughs) Talking all kinds of shit. We're like Joe Rogan minus the tinfoil hat stuff. It's great. And that's all I got. Wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Freddie, I've been neglecting you on this one, but Freddie Soliotis, you're...
0: (laughs) Oh, look at that. You're in mid-season form with that. Oh, look at that.
1: Let's go, baby. We're also going to be in
0: mid-season form next week. We're back to our normally scheduled podcast. We'll look at the biggest games of week one. We'll give you guys a ticket to the bank, and we'll do some more fancy bullets. But until next week, see you guys then. Peace out.
1: Bye-bye. Later.